This week on the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast, we're bringing you another real estate power couple, James and Rachel Allen. James and Rachel are both in real estate, but in different capacities. James operates his own wholesale company here in the Houston market, Southern House Buyers. And Rachel operates as an independent realtor uh, here in Houston, Texas with her own team, Rachel Allen Real Estate. Now, without further ado, we'd like you to meet meet the the Allens. You are listening to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast, where we navigate partnership, prosperity, and parenthood. Join us each and every week as we give you tips, tools, and tactics to build the life of your dreams. Hey guys, this is Aisha Shelton. And this is Kevin Shelton. Okay, so welcome Rachel and James as our first guests in 2020 on the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're really excited to have you and hear your stories. Um, We keep it quick and dirty. This is a 30-minute podcast, so hopefully this will be rapid fire. Um, And let's just start off by, we've already introduced you guys, but tell us how you met and how each of you got started in real estate. Sure. Um, I can, I can tell that story. Some, some may say that our stories are different, but it essentially we met in a bar um, at a happy hour between a mutual friend. Nice. Um, And, you know, we met, I, he says I was the one he knew right then and there. And moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I said those words, but yeah. Yeah, we, we might need to hear James's version too. But um, I guess long story short, short, we met, we had a lot in common, and you know, over time we just it just worked. And then I was always into real estate. It's been like on my radar as something I wanted to do maybe like 15 years now, right around the time that I met James was when I first really got it started in it, started doing real estate investing flips. I had gotten my real estate license and then our story kind of took us to Houston. So, I mean, kind of back up a little bit. We met in New Orleans, which is where I'm from. We were working, I I got my real estate license out in Louisiana. And then um, James was going through an MBA program at Tulane at the time. Once he finished that program, he graduated, got a job in Houston. We moved to Houston. And that's when I started doing real estate full-time as a full-time real estate agent. So long story short, there's a lot more in between there. I don't know if you have anything to add. Right, right. I also mentioned we did did flips back in New Orleans as well Mm -hmm. when you were doing the when you were a a full-time agent. We were also doing flips with a uh, few other of our friends. We had some good success there. And at the time, that, that's how I got introduced to uh, real estate. Uh, Rachel and a few other of our friends were already in it. It was presented to me, you know, do I want to be a part of an organization that was starting? So I just said, yeah. And, you know. So y'all were dating at the time, right? Y'all weren't married yet? No. Right. And this was, was it like a real estate investment group that you all had? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, it was five of us total. Three of us were in the real estate world through investing and James and another partner, Adrian, they were um, both kind of like the finance and operations 
which helped to bring structure to what we were doing in this real estate investing wild, wild west. <laughs> and it, it just kind of worked. We did. And part of what we did was bring outside investors to fund the flips that we did. Um, that was our financing, our creative financing. And then we paid our investors some very incredibly reasonable returns because we were just starting out. And I think that's a lot of people's path. And we're like, wait. Um, So this conversation is really taking a turn that that I didn't anticipate. I think that a lot of people who have not invested in real estate before might be interested in pooling funds together or pooling resources together or starting a real estate investment club or organization or whatever. Um, So that's really interesting. I want to hear more about that, right? I think, you know, our target audience is people who aren't involved in real estate yet and looking for their direction. Just really quickly share with us, like, what that kind of looked like and if it's still in existence, if it's not in existence anymore, how how did it dissolve? Like, how did you go your separate ways? Sure. So it was, um, like, like we talked about, everybody had their own, you know, skill set that they brought to the group. And it was so the five of us more like, you know, managing partners, general partners set up, and then limited partners from um, the other people who would, you know, who would invest into different projects um, that went on for roughly about three years. The only reason we decided to dissolve the company was myself and another person started um, business school at that, at that time. And so it was no way, you know, with, with us traveling and uh, the demand that school took on, the, uh, the demand that of work that school had, and there was no way for us to, you know, be, you know, at both places. So we just decided to finish our last project and, you know, go on our separate way. But uh, like Rachel said, we were able to show our uh, investors significant returns on each of those projects. Yeah. And I think that was probably one of the reasons why we ended up um, kind of moving on and going our separate ways because one we were all we all had full-time jobs and with um James and Adrian being in the MBA program that is a full-time job and you know the all of the other partners had full-time jobs so it was a lot of work and we paid our investors I think it was like a a 20% return on what they invested into the project which nowadays it's like what (laughs) had we known but we also knew that they were taking on some risk because we were new to mm-hmm. doing it. Um, but the projects ended up working out really well. Our investors got paid. They were asking us, well, can we invest again? But, you know, life got in the way. Of course they were. I right, right. <laughs> so, so now that you guys are full-time in your real estate businesses, you've moved to Houston, flash forward. What are your roles now currently in your businesses, respectively? Because I know you both do separate things. And then also, what are your roles in your family? Like dynamics, who does what, who picks up the kids, who, you know, takes care of the dishes kind of thing. Like, how do you break down your marriage? And then how do you break down your businesses? Uh, I think that's something that we're constantly trying to figure out every day <laughs> still. But our, um, as far as our roles, we can start there in our, our day-to-day business. I am a full-time real estate agent. And that's, you know, retail sales, investors, and by retail, um, you know, I help buyers who are interested in purchasing a home, help them 
find homes to live in. I help people want to sell their homes, sell their homes. But I also work um, a large portion of my base are investors who are either looking for buy and holds or looking to do flips. Right. And for, as for me, I am a uh, full-time, uh, newly full-time wholesaler uh, with Southern House Buyers here in Houston. And um, also, what Rachel did mention, both of us kind of tag team on uh, a, another side business that we have of our um, Airbnb units that we uh, operate here in Houston uh, under our Allen Hospitality tag. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys work together a lot. Very similar to how we how we work together. So in the in the day to day, especially with you guys working so closely, but separately, I know we're, we're looking at you now, James, the audience can't see, but somebody's working at home, somebody's working remote. How do y'all break down kind of who gets what, where, or who gets to pick the battleground, you know, for instance? Yeah, let, let me go ahead and jump out in front of this before. We... <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of uh, splitting roles, you know, being very flexible. So that's the ideal, what we're trying to get to. I'm not going to, I'm not painting a picture like, hey, that's what it is. Um, like coming from the corporate America and coming from a very structured and having to be there 12 hours, longer, longer days, I was able to, if, and the demand of when I need to be there, when I could leave, I wasn't able to be a part of a lot of the different roles. Like, like you said, washing the dishes, picking up the kids and doing that kind of stuff. But now it's like, all right. Hand, hand on them dishes, you know. Gotta <laughs> jump in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like you know, uh, you, you know, hey, the way we do it now is I I drop I pick I drop the kids off. Rachel picks them up every day, and then if there's if there's some kind of scheduling to where she has a showing, then it's just communicating. Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. Can you please pick the kids up and you know get dinner ready? So funny story between Kevin and I about picking up kids and dropping off kids. Kevin would, I mean, we communication is key, right? And we all know that because we both have our own perspectives of what the day would look like. And so Kevin would wake up in the morning, hop in the shower, get dressed and be like, all right, I'm out. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you need to tell, we need to talk about who's dropping off who, what, when and where, because I had my idea of what the day looked like. And obviously he moves a lot faster than I do in the morning. And so he's ready to hit the door. And so I do think that communication is important. And I think we always come from an ideal place as well, right? Like sometimes one person carries more of the load than the other, but um, it's a conversation. It's a, it's a conversation. Like you can't, I think there was once a time where Kevin would expect me to do the right thing. <laughs> and I would be completely clueless. Like, obviously, we don't have a problem because Kevin's doing everything and I'm good. And it's clearly he's good. And he would be seething because he thought I was I should have been doing something. Oh, and man. so opening our mouths oh, is definitely <laughs> important and not waiting for somebody to just know what the hell we think supposed to happen. No, it's, it's interesting. Also, it all it's all about how you want to design your life, too. For me, I'm perfectly happy with the baby taking a, a Eggo waffle and getting in the car and we off the way to school. She going to eat at school. Aisha wants the baby to wake up and enjoy her morning and eat breakfast at the table and get dressed slowly and all this other stuff. I'm like, take your toothbrush, uh, brush, brush, 
jump in the truck. You can watch the tablet in the car while you eat your bag of cereal, and we can keep it basic. <laughs> Sounds familiar. It very, it's so funny how common these things are, you know, just across the board. Because, uh, again, as James mentioned, communication is key. And I think that one of the things we learned or tried to do um, I can't say we're perfect in it all the time, but is setting expectations up front. I think when James first jumped into the full-time role of, you know, just running your own business as a wholesaler, dynamics changed because whereas I took on more of the family load, my thought was like, okay, we're doing the same thing now. <laughs> what you going to take on? And so we kind of sit around and see who's going to take the kids in the morning. Until we like sat down and really established, okay, you're gonna. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what I'm gonna do. And then again, we have to communicate when we might need help or teamwork because there are definitely moments where I've been like, I really hope that he like. I know I'm an hour away, and yes, it's my responsibility to pick up the kids in the evening. But maybe he's just gonna go get them because he's ten minutes away right now. <laughs> But I don't, but I don't mention it and say like, Hey, can you get the kids? But when he does, and I'm like, oh, man, why? why? I mean, you, James, you got to say something. I'm thinking like, no. Oh, I got all this extra time left. Cause Rachel, Rachel is supposed Rachel. to pick up the kids. But, no, no, no. But how are you supposed to know that the other person's an hour away? Like if they don't say nothing. True. That's the whole point. They didn't say anything like, Hey, I'm able to pick up the kids. So jump in. Where you need to jump no, in. No, that's ridiculous, guys. Just <laughs> I, I feel okay. you, Kevin. I feel well, you. We're gonna jump into the next question. We are. So I mean, we this was an easy segue. Um, because the format of our show is we have we talk about a marriage topic and then we talk about a real estate topic and we kind of merge that in the beginning. But what is and share with us one of your your secrets to success in your marriage, and one can be ideal, like we would love to do this, um, but you aren't quite there yet. And the other one can be something that you actually mastered, like we struggle with this, and this is what we've mastered. I would say for our secret is laughing, man. Like things get so serious, but I mean, if you could just kind of whatever is happening, just. I mean, just kind of, I don't know if you meant like a, a, a real estate strategy, but I'm just saying just marriage in general, just like, hey, just getting some time, putting the kids to bed, to bed. and whether it's like watching something or just kind of talking about something, joking about the day or whatever, just laughing and keeping things light and not everything being so serious and like, you know, gloomy. So yeah, I would just say laughing for us. Okay. I like that. I'm going to jump in and say, I think one of the things we mastered is um, wine. That's something that's <laughs> in our life. That's why we laughing so hard. We found Trader Joe's and they're uh, two butt checks and um, <laughs> we keep that on hand. No, no, the mood is definitely different when, when you got a little wine. So the wine selectors for the marriage and real estate, uh, <laughs> the marriage and real estate retreat is definitely going to be the Allen family. They for will sure. be bringing the bottles. Listen, uh, the must have wine in order to have fun. Right? <laughs> that might be the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> must have wine. Right? Okay, so what about ideally? What would you ideally like to be doing that you aren't doing right now in your marriage? I um, 
something that we're working on. I think as well, it's not perfect, but it, it ties into that as well. It's just um, regular date nights. You can get so buried in the daily like business contracts, um, high pressure situations, kids. And so also just to step back, we have two kids, um, a three and a half year old and a almost one year old that um, run our lives. And without um, we're, we're starting to get it in play, like a, a good, solid babysitter foundation that we can call upon any times. But when you don't have that, sometimes it's really difficult to just enjoy each other's company. And so that's one of the things we're working on is making sure that we are having date nights. Okay. I like that. Well, we're going to jump into the real estate side. We thank you guys for the marriage side. Give us an example of a success, and especially since you guys have individual businesses, um, give us an example of a success in your business, and what are some of the obstacles you had to overcome to make that success a reality? So, and let me just preface this about our audience, right? So they're they're trying to figure out, the people in our audience are trying to figure out how they want to be involved in real estate. Some people want to work in real estate. Other people want to invest in real estate. So each of your perspectives, James, from a wholesaling perspective and Rachel from a real estate perspective, I think adds value to um, our audience. So if you could speak to a success or in, in your business and obstacles that you've had, if each of you could speak on that based on what you do in your profession in real estate. I think that when I was thinking about this question initially, so I don't know if you're looking for something specifically from a realtor standpoint, but I will say that um, one of the successes that we did have was we had a flip in our first flip here in Houston, in which we both were involved in. Now, this is a time when James was working full time. However, you know, it's, it's a flip we purchased together. It was a flooded flip right after Hurricane Harvey. And so, you know, we kind of went into it like, oh, the numbers look really good, but no one really knew what the market was going to do and how the general like consumers were going to perceive flooded properties. It came out successful. It was definitely one of those. Um, we encountered a lot of trials and tribulations from just like we bought a house, had no idea it needed $7,000 worth of foundation repair when we bought it. So there were so many different things that impacted our numbers. We got out of it and made a profit at the end. And on a flooded home in a market that other homes were on the market for months, ours sold in seven days we were on nice. contract. nice so, um you know it's funny because when you when you go into it being a married couple I mean you can't just be upset with a partner on certain decisions and just walk away from it because you're going to see that person <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day so it definitely brings a different dynamic to that type of partnership um, and I think that was some of the challenges is, again, like expectation and communication, um, because, again, I was the one that was more the on site every day. And I'm just blowing and going, making decisions without really including James. And then when it comes down to it, you know, he was as much a part of that process as I was. And so we had to figure out how to navigate that, how to deliver information, communicate, make decisions together. But ultimately, we, we figured it out. That's a learning process too, right? Um, it, there's another couple that we know that had a, a flip that had a similar situation. One, the person who had the most free time 
was do was on site the most making decisions and then the other person kind of had opinions and feelings about things that were happening and they both felt like they needed they both felt like they had a stance like well you need to tell me this and the other person was like well you're not out here every day so yeah I mean I think we go through that on almost any project right like me and you because I'm knee deep boot deep in a project and she's like well you're cabinet pools cost two dollars more and i'm like bro come on man <laughs> sometimes you gotta go there come on man and james may want to speak to that story more too because i just gave my side yeah i noticed i noticed when uh you know i was wanting to have a little bit more of an opinion on the day-to-day rachel's like okay well why don't you come in and sit with us as we pick out tiles and cabinetry and all this and it was like in fixtures and after two hours, I was like, all right, you got it. As long as the numbers, <laughs> as long as the numbers make sense, I'm good. <laughs> you got it. So. Yeah, yeah, see, I used to don't even... get carried away with the numbers. You're like, but we need this to sell it. Yeah, Aisha don't even, she don't even try that ball. She just goes, I don't do this. Not not the not the technical part, no. The cabinets and the backsplash, y'all got it. Right, right. Yeah. Awesome. As long as it's pretty or something. So we are avid advocates, I don't know if that's what I wanted to say, but just go with me, guys, of uh, therapy in marriages, right? And for us, we're lucky enough to have a, a great therapist who counsels us in both marriage and business since we do this all in the same vein. So all of that comes up. And she's lucky enough to carry that whole box of. <laughs> you just jumped into all that. Okay, so here's the spill. Of course, if you've listened to the show before, and oh, I'm talking yeah. to the audience, uh, we're super advocates of therapy and couples therapy, and and helping it take your marriage to the next level. So the new uh, section of our show is called Marriage and Real Estate Quick Counsel. That's what I was supposed to say. There guys. we go. Thank you. You always save me. Oh yeah, that's my job. <laughs> No cabinets, but I'll say so. I should jump into it. Okay, so these will be the same questions for every guest every time. So, what advice would you give to a newbie couple who wants to start working or investing in real estate but haven't taken action yet? Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely do it. If it's something that you want to do, it's something a desire that you have, do it, but just prepare yourself first by finding um, people who have done it this way before. So some like people like yourself, people like us, you know, have conversations about what are the things to expect? What kind of things do you encounter and setting a plan before you start and some clear, again, communication and expectation norms um, ahead of time. Yeah. Just, Piggybacking all that, I was just going to say setting expectations, I think it's huge. It's knowing um, if you, how to hold the other person accountable for what they're going to do and, you know, going into that with a clear understanding, I would say setting expectations. Okay. And the second question. Give one marriage or real estate book recommendation for couples looking to grow or get started. So it can be a marriage or real estate book. And I want one from each of you. There's so many. I will give the one that I'm reading now. That, um, it's it's maybe not necessarily real estate specific, but it's about 
business. Um, and it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And Aisha knows about this <laughs> because we actually um, are accountability partners. And every day we check in and we say, okay, what's the one thing you're going to get done today? That's kind of the premise of the book, just talks about focus and prioritizing and how do you find that one thing that's going to have the most important is the biggest impact on whatever your goal is for that day. No, that's awesome. I've read that book. It helped me find my purpose. So I definitely, uh, I applaud that book recommendation. We're going to clap it up for that. <laughs> I don't have a clap button yet, but when we get a clap button, we're going to clap. Oh James, what about you? Yeah, I just finished reading uh, uh, E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend that for any entrepreneur or, you know, somebody aspiring to, to get into the entrepreneur world, uh, read that book. It definitely will uh, open your eyes to some things and kind of help you set those expectations. Go love, forward. love, love the E-Myth and all of the E-Myth series that, you know, I've read the that one in the real estate agent. The one thing that I found about it is that there's so much information that it's difficult to implement right and somebody needs to create like a whole course and group of like implementing the e-myth into their business because it's just a it's just a lot of good stuff right a lot of good stuff well no i mean that was amazing we really appreciate having you guys on especially as our first couple guests and first guest of 2020 mm-hmm. and uh this has been kevin and aisha shelton And this is the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We out. Bye. You've been listening to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast, where we navigate partnership, prosperity, and parenthood. So each and every week, you get new tips, tools, and tactics to build the life of your dreams.